The question I'd leave with everyone is just, what can I celebrate about myself today? And keep it micro to the day. There's so many beautiful moments that we can celebrate and what we always default to the stuff that doesn't go our way. So just take a few minutes, ask that question and let your mind go. You deserve that self-love. This is for the others out there the other ambitious people who want to play at a higher level in their life. It's time to get curious and get real. Join me, and together, let's find the others. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Find the Others podcast. I am your host, Joshua Church. Grateful to have you with us. New episodes are dropping every Wednesday and Sunday, so be sure to hit the subscribe button so that you can get the notification when a new episode comes out. And give me a follow on Instagram at Joshua Dean Church to catch different clips and highlights that I post. Also, if you're enjoying the podcast, you find something that might be valuable, please be sure to share it with a friend who also might be into it so that together we can continue to grow our tribe of others. Today, I'm excited to bring you a conversation I had with Mark Champagne. Mark unpacks the mental fitness practices and reflective questions shaping the lives of some of the most successful and brilliant thinkers in the world. He's the author of Personal Socrates, a best-selling book exploring the pointed questions that stimulate our mental fitness and teach us how to direct our internal narrative to work for us instead of against us. It's a great book. Highly recommend. Mark studies the prompts and practices of legends such as Kobe Bryant, Maya Angelou, Robin Williams, James Clear, Coco Chanel, Stephen Hawking, and many others to bring clarity, intentionality, and possibility to every aspect of your life. He's the host of the Top 50 Ranked Podcast, Behind the Human, and co-founded the journaling app, which reached 86.9 million people without any paid advertising. He's studied mental fitness practices for over a decade and consults with Fortune 500 companies as a mental fitness strategist and practitioner. We talked all about this idea of mental fitness. We talked about his backstory. We dove into the power of asking questions. And as Mark says, we're only one question away from a completely different life. Give Mark a follow on Instagram at mchampagne and also his podcast at Behind the Human. I was a guest on his podcast as well, so I'll link to that in the show notes so you can listen to him interviewing me. We did a fun little day flopping, flip-flopping podcasts. If you like this show, go check out number 132 with Duncan So and number 99 with Jake Kelfer. Without further ado, please welcome my man, Mark. We've got Mark on the show. What's up, Mark? How we doing? I'm 100%, brother. I can't wait to jam with you. The energy is always lit up when we're on the line together, so it's going to be fun. It, it is. It's so good. It's so funny because uh, shout out to the internet for like facilitating this connection. And um, you know, you're someone, this is, uh, this is what our second time actually having a conversation, but I feel like yeah. we go way back and this is our, you know, our hundredth conversation and we've hung out and go went to college together and all these different things, but, um, which is really <laughs> beautiful. True. I think there's something to be said about that around connecting with those like-minded people when you can connect with people that bring you energy and you can feel the palpable energy and, and also big shout out to the internet for, for connection and for, for you reaching out. <laughs> when you, when, when you find your tribe, it flows, man. Mm. Big time. Big time. So have you have you connected with a lot of other people and um, has I mean, obviously, you've got a big podcast and and you do a lot of amazing coaching and corporate corporate events as well and corporate coaching. Have you connected with a lot of people through through ways like that? Yeah. I, well, I mean, I don't know if a lot, but I mean, I I just follow the intuition and mm -hmm. especially when it comes to health. I mean, I feel like it's a I mean, we, we were talking before we hit record. I mean, it's definitely a small world when it comes to, you know, changing the way we look at health and trying different modalities and whatnot. So, and this is what happened with you. And I, you know, I, through the network, just saw the work you were doing. I'm like, that's so cool. Like we've got to link up, uh, we can help each other. I'm sure. Cause mm -hmm. I, I mean, I, I've just experienced this over the years, especially, um, back in the day when I was running a journaling app, I mean, we reached so many people just collaborating and connecting mm. with like-minded humans and that that turned into this motto of let's just help more people together right i mean we can it just it's it's exponential it's a lot faster and 
I mean, there's no downside. It's a win-win, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So, so yeah. And it's way more fun. <laughs> exactly, right? I love yeah. it. So that's awesome. I love that. And I, I, I really like that approach and appreciate that approach to um, to building business and that approach to to building uh, relationships is is taking it that way. Yeah, yeah, totally. And I find like the other thing that's cool, I mean, sometimes it takes a few messages or whatnot, but often what happens is all of a sudden other people start showing up. And I mean, you just experienced this with, with other ship, but like all of a sudden another contact shows up and mm -hmm. next thing you know, you know, it's like the universe is just speaking and, and, and aligning the dots. And I mean, who knows what comes out of that stuff, right? I mean, yeah. it's usually good things. It's so cool. It's so true because there's, you know, and I'm thinking about just a few different people that I've been wanting to connect with. And, and as soon as you put something in motion or you even reach out, even if they never see that message, then you're putting something in motion and you're giving the universe a chance to respond to that like dance move. Right. And, and then there's another avenue or contact or angle. It's pretty wild how that works. Have you found that also? Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's, um, it's, it, you know, I want to say what was coming to mind was, was, like serendipitous, but I mean, at the same time, to your point, like you're putting the work in, right? Like mm. I have this, I've had this longstanding, uh, objective actually. It, it was, this was one of the first of three podcast guests before I even started the show that I wrote down on, on a list, uh, on a piece of paper that I'm like, these would be the dream interviews for, for me. And one of them is, is Tim Ferriss. And just someone, because I've learned so much from him and his yeah. books and his, his podcast. And so I'm still, I've got that out there in the universe, but I've interviewed probably like 15 of his, his friends and definitely people that have been on his show. And I think there's like, there's something that's, that's comforting and knowing, like for me, it, it, it started off as, you know, that's the big objective, but now it's almost, mm -hmm. let's just see where it goes. I mean, one mm -hmm. day we'll probably be at some sort of similar event and it's not me trying to pitch this or pitch that. It's like, hey, we're 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 now vibing in in the same circles, and it's taken years, but here we are, right? And like, that's fun. I I mean, it it, it energizes me. So we'll we'll see. Mm. We'll see where it goes. That's so cool. And so I, I mean, I would consider you just knowing you briefly. Like, you're you're a master networker. <laughs> you're <Okay. laughs> you're but but I feel like I, and I'd love to hear your approach around networking because I feel like people think of networking in different ways, and I feel like you take a very genuine, authentic curious, creative approach. Can you tell me a little bit more about that approach or how do you view networking? Yeah. I mean, I, I just, for me, networking is just, just forming human connection. And mm. I've, I've felt the reverse of it before where I went into a situation where it was just like, it was very objective oriented. And it's like, oh, I just like, I just want to interview this person because, and just being completely transparent, like, They've got, you know, a huge following. This will probably be yeah. a good thing. Blah, like, you know, just regular kind of a human response, I guess you could say, whether that's good or bad. I mean, I don't, I, you know, I don't see, uh, I don't resonate as much with that approach as, as what I normally do. So I've done that and it mm. doesn't normally work or when mm. it does, or this is what comes, what happens most often is I get pitched a podcast guest and I'm like, something feels off. Like I'm not personally super interested in the, in the topic, but again, for those reasons, like, Hey, maybe this will be good for the show and so forth. And it's pure ego. Right. And it's not a great conversation. Yeah. You know, like, it's just, so I've, I've, mm. I've just stopped doing that. It's not worth it. And for me then, like what you experienced was like, wow, this guy and the team, they're doing some pretty cool stuff. Like, let's just no agenda, but let's see where it goes. Yeah. Right. And like yeah. have a conversation. And then I found like with, with people that on the surface seem just unaccessible because of just noise and sheer volume of, of messages that they, that they get that again, like if there's genuine curiosity there and that they're like, there's a real conversation to be had and, and so forth, often there's usually one degree of separation there. Mm -hmm. And when mm -hmm. I send a message, it's like the strategy has always been all name drop a few people that I've either either I'm friends with or I've interviewed that they're following that they, they've interviewed and next thing you know like you're borrowing credibility until you can have this conversation mm. and and bring up your own level of credibility right and I've just mm. I found I'd say 50 to 70 percent success rate in doing doing that but it takes time 
Like mm. that that introduction or that message, I mean, I've spent sometimes hours just trying to f- figure out like, okay, well, where's the entry point so that it doesn't right. feel like salesy or like a scam or something. Like, yeah, I legit want to have a conversation because I think that if we do that, then it'll lead to helping more people. Like that's always the underlying mm. mission, at least for me. I love that. And for me, something that I found too in, in doing 130 or something podcast is that the the same sort of thing where I found that the conversations that I really enjoy and the conversations that I'm excited about, regardless of what kind of following the person has or anything else, like those conversations seem to resonate the most with people. And it's evident. And, and also like the data supports that in terms of like listens yeah. or downloads, right? Which is so funny because it's like, you think, oh, cool. If I get this person on the show and then they share it with their Instagram, like, this is going to have a ton of views, but it's, I found the opposite to be true. If I'm yeah. doing it from that purpose or from that intention, then it almost like falls flat and the conversation falls flat. But if it's yeah. from that place of like, this is a really interesting conversation, it doesn't matter who the person is, it's going to get traction. Have you found totally. that too? Yeah. Well, I noticed that I felt it firsthand with, uh, when I, when my book launched, because I, mm. I booked myself on about 70 shows with that strategy wow. that, I, that I mentioned. Wow. And it, it just, it like, it's not a scalable solution. It's, it's like, it just takes, <laughs> yeah. it takes time and it, you know, the ones that, that, that landed well were the ones were exactly what you just said. And they weren't necessarily the top big, mm. like high volume listener shows i there there were a few i remember out of australia where i i consider them probably like kind of mid mid-level shows and again just because of the time zone i woke up and i'm like whoa like what is happening and i realized one of those shows dropped and you know i, I can't remember like I, i'll i'll skip the names and stuff like that but yeah. then you know in that same time frame some of the other bigger shows also released and like nothing you know nothing. so yeah I shouldn't say nothing, but like yeah, not yeah, something yeah, yeah. noticeable, for example, right? Sure. So yeah, so I think I mean, I get you know the the sense right now, or at least the theme that we're we're touching on is just is doing what's right and kind of following your mm. intuition. Yeah. Right? So what's and your takeaway from it. that? Like what what's your takeaway from those insights, and how does that inform how you live your life? Well, for me, it's like it for me, it always comes back to questions, and usually there's a question there, like what's off? Like why, why, mm. why does, why is there hesitation here? I had it happen to, to me today. Someone, a friend, a good friend of mine, uh, suggested a guest for the show. And I looked through the profile and whatnot. And I'm like, uh, I don't know. I mean, there's, there's great human, but just mm-hmm. maybe not a fit for the show. But then I started to get lured down that path of, of different like brands and stuff like that, where I'm like, oh, that's interesting. But no, just stop, just pause. Like, that's not the reason to have mm. the conversation. So I think, you know, that's the lesson is to pull off the autopilot and, and just, I guess, just follow the heart, you know, in a way in in these situations and not, you know, not turn it into this like analytical, um, machine. Right. Yep. Yeah, totally. Um, okay. So I want to, speaking of questions, I want to talk about questions. I've got this book sitting here, personal Socrates, beautiful packaging, Baron Fig, shout out to Baron Fig. Um, the big theme for you here, and, and you've mentioned this on the first time we talked as well, at any point, we are one question away from a different life. Mm-hmm. Tell me more about that. Well, I experienced it. I mean, I alluded to the, the, the fact that I had started this, this journaling app, um, probably about four mm-hmm. years ago now. And long story short, I mean, it was, if you think of some of the meditation apps like Calm and, and Headspace, where they're, you know, they're guiding you into a meditation practice there at that time, at least there was nothing that would be doing something similar, but on the journaling front and using questions to guide people into a practice. So I, I co-founded the app and we, we set out to, to solve that problem because I had a long time journaling practice, at least, uh, I think probably around the same amount of time that you've had so far over a decade now at this mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. And, and we reached a ton of people like 86.9 million people in a couple of years with this wow. thing which was, which was insane. Um, I'm not an app developer and neither was my brother-in-law who was the co-founder of the app. And we were just sitting back and like, wow, this is, this is insane. But we were again, networking with people and, and, and forming really strong collaborations with brands and individuals and so forth. Um, but, and, and the reason I'm bringing this whole thing up is that despite reaching all those people, the business model itself wasn't working. 
and we we were running out of cash and we we're also running out of mental capacity to just to keep going with the business and had to make the decision to shut it down and that like i'll never forget that i mean you probably saw it. it's 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 up this opening page of the book like the first paragraph essentially because it's probably the most significant short period like few seconds of my life that completely changed my life and that's when i was looking at this apple dashboard looking at the 86.9 million uh app store impressions and then i'm about to hit delete from app store like how how could we fail at such a colossal level like what would my family think what would my ex-colleagues think where i left the corporate job essentially to, to do this and that just sent me down this this bad track like i could feel myself slipping into a pretty deep depression until diving into enough let's just call them present moment type practices gratitude just quiet walks like whatever to just even for microseconds pause the negative narrative running in my mind i finally got to this question of well what do i want for my life and that that was the question that was what led to that line that you read on the back of the book because that question led to the next question and the next question after that and it paused the depression that i was heading into and brought back hope and brought back a plan mm. and it just continued and and that was the thing that that for me at least just saved me from that moment and i've come to realize like we're you know that question worked for me in that time but if i ask that question today it serves as a nice check-in but it's not it doesn't have the same weight that it did you know 3 years ago and that's can be the same thing for for other people but the key is that if we can find those prompts and and there's millions of different ways to do it but if we just slow down enough to surface those questions not just like these big grandiose changes like your whole life change changes but also we're one question away from a complete mood shift right just like if you jump in your your cold tub like instantly right like and i've heard yep. you say this you, like 3 minutes completely changes everything and it's the same thing with the question if it, like anyone listening right now just think of someone in your life that you would love to give thanks to right now that you appreciate and, like just bring them into your mind and send them a text message just saying hey it's just thinking about you hope you have a great day like you just made their day they're going to write back most likely they're going to make your day and what's not happening while that's all going down is you're not running through a fear loop or anxious or depressed mm. you're you're in a good state of mind so that's that's where the whole the whole concept of of being one question away from a completely different life and and mental state at any point so good especially because i feel like when you ask a question there's it puts you into solution mode too it puts you into okay, let me figure this out. And it puts you on this thought track of like, what is the answer? And that is yeah. different than dwelling on the problem, right? Can you talk a little yeah. bit about that, how you see that and what, 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 what state shift it does for you? Well, it just pauses. It pauses the default track that we, we just naturally go down, right? Like most people know that we're, our, our minds are still wired to essentially survive, right? That it hasn't, we've heard this a thousand times, like our minds haven't caught up to, um, the realities of, of life that we live in right now. They're, they're wired to survive from a saber-toothed tiger type thing. So it, it's, it's actually like not a surprise that we go down those tracks, but then that makes it even more important, whether it's questions, whether it's, you know, shocking your system with cold therapy or breath work or whatever, whatever it is for you, it's just to give yourself the luxury of the pause. Mm right and then you know this this is the beautiful thing is that when you're when you're looking at a situation you can kind of zoom out you know 30 40,000 feet and all of a sudden time slows and you can start seeing some different moves as long as your mind is clear though and that's where the mental like preventative mental fitness is so important right because most of us and I put myself in this camp as well I work at it obviously but there's so much going on right? There's, there's relationships that are like unresolved that are chewing up mental real estate. There's thoughts, decisions, there's things we're dwelling on. And it's, it's as if 
if you think of a visual, like it's as if we're stuffing a physical room full of boxes and we just keep going, keep going. And then one day we have to open the door and go get that thing somewhere in the room. We'll get it, but it's going to take a hell of a lot of resources to empty that room and sift through it in time and energy. I mean, our minds aren't much different. So if we can just keep the, the, the room, the metaphorical room or our minds somewhat organized and, and clear through some, some, some journaling, some meditation, like things to just release and process, then when we need to really show up, we're there, right? That's mm. what the training is. Beautiful. How did you learn some of these, let's say, organizational methods or these tools to help these present practices? I like, as you put, where did you, where did you come across these? Like, it's, I understand it's like a journey and you, you, yeah. you learn one, you learn another, but, but where, where did you come across and where'd you come into this? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, like it's been, I haven't thought about this too much, but it's been probably 15 years of, of literally just studying the minds of, of, of people who I think are just exceptional thinkers. And, and I mean, that's what started my own journaling practice. Like, I think it was within a month of, I was just getting up a little bit earlier than normal. And the goal was fuel your mind with positive mental nutrition. And just, I was reading profiles, blog posts at that time, you know, watching Ted talks. And just what I noticed was 100% of the people being profiled were asking really powerful questions and they were taking time to just think. And I feel like thinking and, and reflection is almost like a superpower to today, right? The, a lot of us just don't slow down to think. So, so that, that started the whole process. And then I just kept going and kept studying, kept studying. I mean, and the podcast at this point, nearly 300 interviews in. So, I mean, every week, essentially, there's another person that I'm like, oh, that's an interesting practice or different shift to mm-hmm. how, how you can use something like this. Because what I've learned, and you've probably seen this yourself, there's kind of nothing new here, like for the no. most part. I mean, it's not, no. I'm not inventing journaling. It's been around since the beginning of time. Definitely not inventing questions. Uh, meditation, breathwork, <laughs> all of that stuff has been around. What I'm trying to do with my work is curate the prompts with a narrative that makes sense for someone right now. And that that means it's not just the meditation instructor. It's not just the yoga instructor that, you know, a lot of those people have a lot of these practices dialed in. But what about the writer, the designer, the technologist, the chef? Like some of the greatest, simplest practices I've picked up from, have been from Michelin star chefs. They don't even mm. know they're doing this stuff. But then all of a mm. sudden, you know, you extract it. And then the everyday at home chef's like, oh, I can take a few minutes to just chop parsley. I like doing that. And that's my time to, to just release some stuff in my mind and mm. be present. Right. Mm. Yeah. So it sounds like there's this, there's this curiosity that yeah. has led you to pick up these different things, which I think is such an important virtue of, of curiosity and, and wanting to learn and experiment. And, and I like, I, I like how it started for you too, which is just curiosity and interest of like, what are these exceptional thinkers, these people that I look up to, these, these, these people that I, I, I appreciate from some capacity, what are they doing? What are they thinking? What, how are they acting? And all through resources that we have that are free and available to us, yeah. YouTube or, or, or audible or books or stuff like that, that you can, you can get to, to learn. And then that opens up the door. And, and then it's like, you follow the breadcrumbs and one thing leads to another thing to another thing, yeah. another thing. And then you're just, you look up and you're like, wow, I've got all these, you build this toolkit. It sounds like. Yeah. You build the toolkit and it just, to your point, like it just continues to open up. I mean, I wouldn't, you and I would not be speaking if it wasn't for, uh, at least on my side, if it wasn't for jumping down this path, because I had no knowledge of any type of cold therapy and what the hell that was and what it was, it's, it's just been through being open to, mm. okay, started with journaling. And then now there's a million different modalities and practices that like, yeah, let's try that. Let's see where it goes. It seems like someone else has, has implemented it in this way. Right. And then all of a sudden it just, it keeps expanding and it's, it's kind of that, that loop that keeps giving in, in a good way and you, you feel good. Right. So, so yeah, like I just feel, you know, kind of called to just like, I'm not, I don't consider myself any kind of expert in these practices. I'm just, I'm doing my best to study and practice them myself and share. 
and share what's working and bring in a story or a prompt that I'm like, ah, maybe that might work for you because that, like, that's a bit yeah. of a different angle, right? And that's, that's what I like about this stuff is that it, it's always changing. There's always like a little subtlety that can literally save a life. I've seen it happen. Mm. Like it's powerful stuff. So powerful. That's so powerful. It's humbling too when you see it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I, I like that idea of these little upgrades because it's, it's pretty expansive and it's constantly, it's constantly changing and upgrading. But the, one of the things that I've always, I've said for a long time is the, this concept of following your curiosity. So like wherever you find that, like that, that, that curiosity is leading you go take that next step. Cause you don't know what's going to open up. And for me, like we wouldn't be having this conversation I didn't know nothing about cold therapy even three, four years ago. Yeah. I was listening to a podcast with this crazy guy named Wim Hof that resonated. And I thought, <laughs> this guy might be onto something. Like, let me learn more about this that led to the next step, which led to me going yeah. to a retreat in Iceland to learn it firsthand, which led to feeling and experiencing it, which led to going deeper down that. And as a result, sharing that with other people. But uh, I, I also appreciate the... Uh, and and why like I'm I'm super excited to to read this book and to and to share it with other people as well is because I can tell you're someone that 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 lives it not only like learns it or just like it wants to be an expert to be an expert but you're someone that like learns it and then integrates it into their own life and then through that shares it and teaches it. Yeah, totally. And I mean, it, that's th that's for me like it, it's super important. And and it was also just that mentality was the reason the other reason why we had to shut down that app because I felt at that point that I was mentally at capacity and almost felt like I was entering that zone of being a hypocrite I mean how mm. how can I sit here and 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 teach the, these practices when like I'm in a bad place at this point right so that you know it just the, there needed to be a shift and then I got back to the practices and I, again like wow here they are I mean they they, they completely changed my life um and the, and with the book, the book was so fun because to, to your and I'm thank you. It it really does yeah. fill my fill my heart that you feel that in in the writing because some of the some of these people like half of the, the half of the profiles in the books I've either interviewed those those humans and then the other are people like Picasso or Jane Austen and um, Marcus Aurelius. So obviously I have not interviewed these people, but I was <laughs> you're not having a time machine over there. <laughs> I love that. But in studying them and, and preparing their, to, to write the profile, like a lot of those exercises, I was going through them as I was writing the, the chapter, which was, it just felt magical because it's like, wow, like this, this is significant. Like I've never done, I've never taken this little perspective shift and like, we're going to roll mm -hmm. with that because again, it's, it's, you know, it's nothing earth shattering, earth shatteringly new but it's a different view. And then that usually is what allows us to then move or clear out mm -hmm. the mind or take the next step, get a little bit more uh, intentional with, you know, how we're designing our life and so forth. Right. So, yeah, yeah love it. That's so good. And it's one, it's one, it's the same thing as we're talking about, like these principles, they haven't changed. It's the same thing, but it's through your lived experience that you're able to provide that twist or that little tweak to it that someone can actually understand and comprehend. Like it could be the same thing that someone else is saying and it just doesn't land, but then you through understanding that and then in, in integrating it yourself and then learning that tweak to it is what unlocks everything yeah. for that next person. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm a strategist at heart. I mean, that's what I was doing in the corporate world. So for me, like, and this is why I kind of self-identify as a mental fitness strategist, because that's mm -hmm. the strategy part of, okay, taking a situation that seems complicated or has a lot of variables and just zooming out and be like, here's the entry point, you know, if mm -hmm. it's a team or whoever, or if it's individual, but here's the entry point for that person. Because again, like we have access to all of this stuff, but you and I have our own routines in the morning. I'm sure that works for us. You know, that may not work for someone just starting out or even someone that's been doing this stuff for a while. Be like, I, I don't really resonate with X. So let's figure out where, you, you know, where the mm. quick win is so you can feel the benefits of some of these practices. And then we'll, we'll start stacking on the practices right? And we'll start weaving in some new things. And then all of a sudden you start feeling the benefits 
And with that, you can, you can, you know, you can get people to that magic number of, of 66 days to form a new habit. And all of a sudden now, like that's not a problem anymore. You're consistent with the practice versus saying, yeah, get up an hour early, earlier, jump in a, in a cold plunge, do some meditation, <laughs> rock some breath work, journal, read something inspirational, move your body. That all You'll feel great doing all of that stuff. But does that work for you to start, right? Mm. Meeting people where they're at. Totally. <laughs> Find, I like that idea of finding that entry point that can connect or resonate with that person based on where they're at in their journey or where they're at um, in, their, yeah. in their process. Totally. So you've mentioned a couple of times this idea of mental fitness, which I love. I'd love to hear from your words because it means something to me, but I'd love to hear from your mm. words. What does it mean to be a mental fitness strategist or what does mental fitness mean to you? Yeah, well, I'll start with mental fitness. I mean, there, there's a bit of a backstory to it, but for just as a definition from my perspective, being mentally fit is, is just us deciding to train our mind to work for us instead of against us. And underneath that mental fitness umbrella lives all of the other domains like mental health, mental performance, mental resiliency, mental optimization. There's a ton of different things. But I, I noted, and this was back in the app days, I noticed when speaking about the, the subject of journaling or reflection under the umbrella of mental fitness, people were just more motivated and more mm. like intrigued to say, okay, well, what is that? Because it feels just like physical fitness. It feels like, oh, I can take that step to do that versus mental health, which I mean, I'm, I'm really happy that the discussion is, is definitely happening, but usually the discussion is happening from a, a, from a perspective of pulling yourself out of some sort of hole. Right. And you know, that's not necessarily, that doesn't necessarily resonate with everyone. And it feels like a tremendous amount of work versus, you know what? Mental fitness includes that. There are elements for sure um, mm -hmm. that will help, but it just, it just feels more motivating and it feels more accessible, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's something that we can grasp. It's like, okay, we spend so much time focusing on physical fitness and being physically fit. It probably makes sense to be mentally fit too. And I want to be mentally fit like that. That yeah. idea feels like it can, it, it's a much more approachable. Well, and it, what I always find interesting is that we do, we, we spend a lot of time looking at our physical fitness, but what tells you to go and exercise? Or what tells you to pick the healthier option before, you know, you put that in your mouth? I mean, it's our mind. So yeah. for me, you know, everything starts and stops there. You know, not to say that, you know, it, it's the end all be all. But if you've got five minutes, I'm going to do something for my mind to be fit before I'm doing anything else. Because it dictates mm -hmm. all of the other decisions for the rest of the day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So for someone who might be wanting to start this mental fitness journey and become mentally fit. Where does, where's the starting point? Where's the, where's the, where's the, where's the cliff? Yeah. Well, I mean, it starts with a question as you probably guess. Uh, the one that I find helps the most just, just really kickstart. And even if you're doing something right now to just almost, you know, take a, a zoomed out approach and say, Hey, maybe I can adjust the flow or try something different. But just to ask the question, like, what are five activities or practices that if I do these things, I know with a hundred percent certainty that they will make me feel good, put a smile on my face, shift my mind. And those things change for, for everyone. You know, for me, um, in those, those darker days when I deleted that app, stopping by a photography museum is something we, we, or gallery, I should say something you and I have in common. Um, just taking even 10 minutes to just like take in those photographs and, and dive in and experience the detail stops my mind from going anywhere else and puts me in a, in a, in a creative state and a positive state. So that's one thing. And then obviously journaling movement, but those are my things. So if, I would just encourage listeners, just ask that question and then take a look at your calendar and your, your average weeks how often are those things showing up in your, your regular routine? And usually mm -hmm. that's where the disconnect is, right? And then, it's, then it just becomes, okay, let's just set some rules of engagement here, some rules for myself. 
it's not about judgment. It's not about trying to tackle this thing all in one day or one week. Let's start small and figure out from the time my, my eyes open to the time the head hits the pillow, like what am I doing each day and where can I just subtly shift to add in maybe one prompt, right? Maybe while your tea is steeping or your coffee is brewing first thing in the morning, one question, one word answer, how do I feel today? And then where do you feel that emotion in your body? Just doing that and just identifying how you're feeling, you're going to feel different. You know, often mm. we just, just by acknowledging, hey, you know what? I feel a little tight in the chest. A, you're asking usually, well, what's causing that? And just by identifying where it is often releases the emotion as well. Because the, the reality of the situation, if you're not asking that question, that emotion's still rolling in the day with you and it affects everything. It affects your energy, affects how you're showing up for others and yourself and so forth. And that takes seconds, right? So, mm. you know, that's, that's what I'm really trying to get, a point or get across is just start small. And then start, you know, you start feeling the benefits and then you'll start adding on, you'll start shifting. Next thing you know, you'll have a pretty dialed in practice where like on my side, if there's something going on that's going to end late in the evening, it's got to be super valuable to really, you know, rock my 5.30 wake up to, to start the, these practices because that hour for me, and again, it's been over a decade of, of putting together a routine that hour dictates, dictates the next 23, including how well I sleep. So, you know, it's, it's the most important hour for me. Mm-hmm. Well, what happens when you, I, I really like that perspective of when you can identify or when you don't identify how you're feeling and you bring that into your day with you, what happens when you do identify that? Well, it's just, it gives you data, right? You can start asking, you, first of all, you're acknowledging, you, you've stopped the autopilot again, right? And you, you start acknowledging that, okay, there's something, something's throwing me off my game right now. Something's bothering me. What is it, right? And this is where like a kind of a, a Socratic method of questioning. Well, what's, like, what's happened over the last you know, few days? What's, what's driving this, this emotion? And if you can identify it, then you know, we can help process and, and rechannel it and, 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 and you know, uh, carry on. Because if we not, if we're, if we're not doing that, it's just clogging up the mental real estate again. Right. So that they, mm-hmm. like, that's one thing. And then the other thing too, like when you, when you do do that, you acknowledge how are you feeling right now? Then you can set the intention for the day too. Same. Like these are one word answers. Okay. Well today I want to show up X. Right. And then just again, by identifying that one word or identifying a one word theme for the year or the month or the quarter, whatever, I mean, your mind then seeks that path and, and, and brings you down that journey, whether you realize it or not. It's you're setting the intentions just like an Olympic athlete does. Like this isn't new. Right. But but for 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 those of us that aren't Olympic athletes, we're not doing this in the biggest game of them all, which is life. Right. <laughs> like that's the that's the big event. That is the big arena. So, I mean, I want to be dialed in when it comes to the, the training. And also the Olympic athletes, that's such a great answer, man. But also the, the Olympic athletes are, what are they also all doing? They're working with coaches and teams yes. and training with people. <laughs> it's like, totally, why right? would we not do the same? Yeah, totally. And a lot of it is like, I mean, there's obviously, you know, guidance and coaching and, and um, <clears throat> bringing in different practices and principles and, and whatnot. But a lot of it's accountability and just making sure that they're showing up and being consistent with the practices. It's, mm. it's crazy. I remember I, I interviewed Apollo Ono. At the time, he was the, uh, so cool. I think he still is, like the most decorated winter Olympian, short track speed skater. And I remember getting to this point where we were talking about goals and like he had some wild training rituals and whatnot. And I was like, Apollo, like what, what kind of mental fitness just keeps you so focused and dialed into to your work? And I was waiting for this like big reveal, like Olympic level reveal. And he's like, I use post-its and I have post-its in my, in my, in my, on my fridge and in my closet and all the areas that I frequent most with reminders of why I'm doing this reminders of my objectives. I just remember thinking like, shit, once again, it's not complicated. It's just you've like, that works for him. It's right. Mm -hmm. But, but at one point he spent the time getting clear first. And, and getting real intentional. And then now you just deploy the systems that work. 
right? And mm. it's the constant reminders because unfortunately, when we when we jump off of our little bubble here where you and I are talking to each other and we're super energized and, and, and positive and motivated, I mean, you just have to fire up an internet browser and it, we're just surrounded by negativity, right? Mm. And no Turn on any where, TV. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like you, you, you have to do something to, to remind yourself to come back into that thriving state of mind or by default, you're going to be on that survival state track and, and you don't deserve that. You really don't. Mm. You've got to fight. You've got, you've got to, you've yeah. got to take action on your part. Yeah. I was like and that it idea feels of... so damn good to do that. Like, I'm not saying mm. that I'm always like flying around in this happiness bubble. I mean, I'm obviously, you know, I go through the highs and lows as well, but thankfully when you have the toolkit of practices, like you can deploy them, right. And, and, and use them to your advantage and then, and be in less of a dip, right. Or in a shorter, shorter period of time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So Mark, I'm curious, I want to ask you, um, shifting gears slightly here. I'm curious to know about, so you were at corporate, you were a strategy, you were a strategy. What were you doing at corporate in the corporate world? Yeah, I started out, I mean, where the reason I started getting up earlier in the morning is originally right out of university, I was hired in sales. And I remember we were in those times we were hired in like these big batches, essentially there's like 30 or 50 of us all being hired and you'd, you'd be flown to the, in my case, it was Montreal and we do like four weeks of training. And I just remember thinking like, this is a sales function. If we're all being trained in the same capacity, like how, how possibly am I going to stand out of my sales job? Right. And, and over deliver. Right. And then that's what stimulated the, the idea of like, well, let me just do, you know, get up a little bit earlier and, and consume positive content and learn about just successful humans. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, so I was in sales and then I, the, the objective was always to, uh, move into a product or brand management role. And that's where I spent the majority of, of the, uh, the, I guess the tail end of my career in the corporate world, uh, in the healthcare space. And I mean, ironically, I mean, I'm, do, I'm, it's kind of full circle, but I'm doing, I'm doing training with some of those companies, uh, on the mental fitness side, just to, just to handle the pressures of, of mm -hmm. everything that's going on right now. Yeah. I feel like that's really needed. So when did you, did you have the, did you create the app before you, was that after you left corporate or before? Uh, there was an overlap. So what happened was I had the idea. I flipped the email, the, what I consider like the infamous email to my brother-in-law expressing all these frustrations. And he's like, let's, let's do it. Um, and it probably was five to six months of mind mapping the whole company and the app. And then the, the real final straw was, I remember I went to, I was again, living in Montreal at that time. And I went to this creativity conference, uh, with my day job, but I, I, and my, my brother-in-law met me at that conference and we booked all of these meetings with just like creative directors and all these different people from different organizations purely to just pitch the idea of the app, like not pitching for money, not pitching for yeah. anything other than seeing like what, like in our narrative, like what, how do people react? And I remember my brother-in-law, he has, he had an existing company running, he had a designer on his team and we'd, we'd call his name was Ken. I'm like, Ken just met with so-and-so you need to shift this around. It wasn't a work. It was like a tappable app. It was like an envision mock-up at that point. And we were just iterating live. And it was during that experience where we noticed and like, wow, people, people are really resonating with this. And, and then that's when, uh, my brother-in-law, he said, you know, why don't you, why don't you could just come join my existing company? Let's go, you know, 50, 50 on that company. Mm. You can help me out with some of the marketing stuff. But 80% of my time was to build out this, this basically this brand new wellness business and app. Cool. And, and then that led to, uh, to leaving, uh, the day job. Yeah, I gotcha. And then did you take a, when did you take the plunge to go into your own business full time? Ha, well, that, so that kind of all happened in a, in a bit of a wild way. Cause I mean, when I deleted the app, obviously, uh, I was left in a weird spot because right. I was left in this, like the, what helped me leave the corporate world was asking the question, well, what's the worst that can happen? if everything blows up and doesn't work, I can always come back. I wasn't leaving a situation where I hated my job, but in 
starting the company, things started to shift and I no longer aligned with that previous work. I was more mm-hmm. inclined to right. like, let's, I want to be in the preventative space instead of like the pharmaceutical world. And so now my backup plan is toast. And <laughs> the the work that like feels so right to my core, I mean, I just deleted the the avenue that was keeping me in that space, right? So there was a bit of, you know, jumping around doing some freelance stuff essentially to survive until I finally got to the point of, you know what, the practices that literally save me uh, are all related to mental fitness and definitely the, the foundational principles journaling. And that led to writing the book, Personal Socrates. And then that led to, um, you know, t- teaching and guiding others and, and basically just, just going with it. So it kind of, it's mm-hmm. funny, like your question makes me think like, it just all kind of flowed into its into mm-hmm. itself. Like I, it wasn't like, all right, I'm going to create this this company and do this. It's just all naturally flowed in a way. Yeah, I, that's why I sus- that's what I suspected when I asked the question because that's also the way that you've approached your growth process and your learning. And like it's it's and and I relate to that a lot as well. Where it's just like I almost think like I accidentally did this thing. It's just like you look back, you're like that almost yeah. felt like it was an accident, but it makes sense when you can look back and you can see. You can kind of see the the graph as it's plotted, the chart as it's plotted. But uh, but that's really, I think that's really cool. And looking back at that, like where do you, like were you strategically like? Because I know you're a systems and strategy guy. Like were you strategically looking to do it that way, or what? Are, what are your thoughts on how that actually worked out for you? Oh yeah, I mean, there's definitely like the on my side, this the strategy mind comes up more so like building when building the business, trying to do everything to, to make sure that everything's like integrated, like an integrative mm-hmm. strategy that if I'm going to do the podcast, well, then how else can that fit into the book or in other, you know, setups or, you know, when I'm interviewing someone, like what else could we do? Like, sure, we're going to have a great conversation, but there's so much more. Like, let's figure out all of the um, integration points and whatnot. So, that's where the strategy piece comes in. But I, I think what was probably most challenging because it goes against my way of thinking was to just let go of the reins a bit and just trust mm-hmm. that, like I knew I was on the right path and I knew that these were all stepping, you know, stepping periods or stepping stones to moving in the right direction and to just, re- and this is where the journaling has, has helped, but just really trusting that. And knowing that, like, hey, maybe this one thing I'm doing right now, probably not what I'm going to do for the next 20 years, but it's helping me in some capacity. And that's that's been a real gift because it's it's helped me evolve into, you know, who I am today. And it's just a different way of thought, I guess, right? Like, yeah. I mean, you're, you're pulling a lot of this. I've never thought about a lot of these things. So, I mean, congrats on an awesome hosting experience. But... <laughs> Like, I feel like I'm evolving and, and again, practicing what I'm preaching with these, with these principles and, and, and rituals that has been allowing me to just be more present and Mm. see the next step. Like that, I did that, that, that was the one thing that I did intentionally with the book because the, the app was very much metrics, like any tech entrepreneur listening, like all we were focused on was like, hey, we need to learn about conversions and this and that and daily active users and weekly active and all that. Mm-hmm. Whereas the book was, of course, you know, I want to, to reach as many minds as possible as I believe in the work. But it wasn't launched with the goal of hitting all of these bestseller lists. Mm. I mean, I booked myself on a lot of podcasts. The book has has done well and it continues to uh, reach people, which I'm super proud of. But my goal was, I'm just going to go in present to the situation. Like I've put in the work, I believe in this stuff. I know it can help. And if I can keep my mind as clear as possible, then when things come up, I can see the right move. Right. Instead of being just fogged with like, Oh, I need to buy mm. 30,000 books so I can hit an Amazon list or something like that. Like, right, right. I, I don't want any part of that stuff. Like, just yeah. do good work, connect with awesome mm. humans, and the rest will work out. Beautiful. That's so well said. And I like that idea of showing up like with a clear mind and a clear heart and then taking something I've always said is like, take the next indicated step. It's like, show up, take that next indicated step. Like, what's the step in front of you? Cool, yeah. take that. 
then move through and then wait till the next step presents itself in that way, but keep that action. It's kind of like, um, I almost feel like you're playing catch with the universe in a way. It's like, you know, a little catch and throw, yeah. catch and throw, and you're like back and forth. And, yeah. and, and you'll drop a few, and that's okay. Yeah, totally. But the important yeah. part is you pick your ball back up and you throw it. Exactly. <laughs> it's a great analogy. Yeah. So I think that's really great. But, um, dude, this has been such an awesome conversation. There's a lot. I've taken a lot of notes because I've taken a lot away from this for where I'm at currently in my life as well. So thank you. That's how I know it's a successful conversation when yes. I can learn and take some things away from it. Then I know, and I hope that the, the listeners can as well. Um, my last question for you is, and I'm guessing you've been asked this, but if you had a microphone that could reach the entire world, what is the question you would ask them? Oh, that's amazing. You know what? I'm going to end with, I'm going to end it with gratitude because you're, there's just zero downside. The, the question I'd, I'd leave with everyone is just, what can I celebrate about myself today? And keep it micro to the day. There's so many beautiful moments that we can celebrate and what we always default to the stuff that doesn't go our way. So just take a few minutes, ask that question, and, and let your mind go. You deserve that, you know, self-love. Mm. Beautiful. That's great. Awesome. Uh, Mark, anything that you want to, uh, to share with the listeners as we wrap up here besides that beautiful note of gratitude? <laughs> yeah. I mean, the only thing is just, I, all I, I encourage people to just come into these, these different practices with, with an open and curious and excited mind, right? Like the excitement of the unknown of where this stuff will go. Sometimes people are scared of the answers behind these questions, but you know, the, the, the beautiful thing about answering a tough question is that at least you have some data. You've got mm. a little bit of a direction, like one day at a time. So I just say, you know, be kind to yourself, set some ground rules for yourself and, and enjoy it, right? Mm. Enjoy it. Awesome. So good. Uh, Mark, we'll have in the, um, in the show notes as well, the link to personal Socrates, the link to oh, thank your you. socials and everything else. Um, so we'll make sure that's all linked in the show notes. And, um, Thank you, brother. Really appreciate it. What a great conversation. I appreciate you. Thank you. I am energized just like I was coming in. So thank you for that. Awesome. Absolutely. Cool. Well, uh, until next time, which will be very, very short for you and I. We'll talk soon. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Mark. <laughs>